What's up, Hoop Ball Nation? It's Brandon Marcus from the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. We're chatting about an exciting time in Clipperland with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George looking to lead the team to an NBA title. Tune in to hear guests ranging from TV voice Brian Seaman and radio voice Noah Eagle to various beat writers and team bloggers. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Hoop Ball Clips and follow me at BD Marcus. Looking forward to having you tune in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Bowl Nets podcast. We are back at it again with another episode. Um... We had to take a little bit of a hiatus because I've been on vacation with my family for like the last week and a half. So we weren't able to record, obviously, but I'm back now and uh, it's playoff time. It's probably like maybe 10 minutes after the Nets game against uh, the Raptors round one of the playoffs. We'll get to that one at the end of this episode. And kind of give our predictions, thoughts on game one, predictions for the rest of the season and just go over it real quick. Um, before we get into everything. Make sure you subscribe to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or anywhere that you listen to your uh, podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review because all reviews are getting read on the podcast. So make sure you uh, help us out. It takes you like 10 seconds, but it does a world of good for us. So please, please, please bless us with a review. You can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. Um, you can follow us individually. Our Twitters are in the uh, little description for the podcast. So just go there. Give us a follow. Talk about NBA a lot on both of our Twitters. And obviously on the Hoop Ball Nets Twitter, we talk about the Nets. So there's that. Um, shout out to Manscaped. Uh, we have a very, very, very special promotion going on at Manscaped right now. Where if you use code HoopBall20, you can get free shipping and 20% off of your order. Manscaped is the number one company when it comes to male grooming uh i'm on the website right now the thing that's standing out to me the most is the perfect package 3.0 um it comes with a load of things including the lawnmower 3.0 manscaped boxers crop preserver 
crop reviver, a magic shaving mat, and a travel bag. Uh, the perfect package is designed to make grooming below the waist easy. Confidently trim below the waist with the Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so you'll never cut yourself. Enjoy soft ceramic blades cutting coarse hair at 7,000 RPM. Prepare for an active lifestyle with a crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant infused with cooling aloe vera, and refresh on the go with the crop reviver, ball toner, and restore spray boom so you can get the perfect package 3.0 right now it is uh, $89.99 but if you use code hoopball20 on manscape.com you can get all of that great stuff for 20% off plus free shipping so go there right now manscape.com perfect package 3.0 hoopball20 when you ask for the promo code and you'll be all set so now with all of that out of the way let's get into like a quick little recap of uh the net seeding games that we didn't cover the last one we went over was their game against the bucks which they uh they won so that's great after that they uh, lost to the celtics they beat the kings the clippers and the magic so they won three out of their last five games before barely 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 losing to the portland trailblazers which was a crazy game nonetheless like damian lillard and had the Nets won that game, the Suns would be would have been in the playing game rather than the Blazers who beat the Grizzlies to now play the Lakers. Yeah, I felt bad for the I felt bad for the Suns, honestly. Like if you go I eight, mean, no. Yeah, it just makes you think, how were they not good in the regular season if they were so good here? I just I don't get what changed. It's crazy because if you go eight and no and like you were you had a perfect bubble. And you still didn't make the playoffs. It's like, damn, like, why did we even come? <laughs> like, what, Yeah, like, we did all we could there, so. What was the point in us coming? I was what I would feel like. Like, we, we did, literally did everything that we could do. But, you know, they're, they're going to be great next season. Hopefully, they can build on this success, bring it into next season, and get Devin Booker his first playoff berth as a Phoenix Sun. Um, yeah, and that game versus the Trailblazers, the Nets lost by one point. Damian Lillard absolutely went nuclear. Man had As 42 he points. Everyone. Yeah, he was just on a mission, which is why he got the bubble MVP. But he had 42. Don't sleep on my boy Karras, though. He had 37. Um, he, he, he was a demon this entire uh, uh, seeding bubble games for the Nets, um, which landed him an all NBA bubble second team. <laughs> like, I don't quite know how you want to say it, but like it was the Kia all seeding game second team. The clear best players in the bubble were definitely Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, and TJ Warren. But there were so many like players that the advantage of shooting without a crowd definitely like boosted their play. Michael Porter Jr. being one of them. People were saying if there was like a bubble most improved player award that he would have got it. Nah, it would have definitely been TJ Warren. Uh yeah, I mean, yeah, but Michael Porter went from barely cracking the rotation to starting averaging like fifteen to twenty. Yeah, like apparently because of like some sort of depth in in the court like shooting in the bubble is easier because there's no fans which is why you see all these teams breaking records and tj warren putting up 60 a night <laughs> like stuff like that is is gonna get crazy as the playoffs continue to go and the high talent teams continue to match up but yeah well my boy Karis. He was on the uh all seating game we're just gonna call it the all bubble second team uh it was him Giannis, Kawhi 
Chris Stapps and Michael Porter, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, he didn't receive any votes for the first team, but he received 13 votes for the second team. And there you go. Joe Harris, unfortunately, didn't make any of them. He averaged 20 points a game and shot 54% from the from downtown and like 60% from the field. But he didn't he, make he any was looking. He was looking a lot like uh, old reliable again. Yeah, you can he, say that. He was a monster. Uh, shout out to uh, Jacques Vaughn, who finished third behind uh, Monty Williams and Terry Stotts of the Blazers for coach of the bubble, like bubble coach of the year. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say it. But, yeah, uh, Jacques Vaughn finished third in voting behind Monty Williams, who won the award, and Terry Stotts, who was second place. And, uh, yeah, the Nets represented. Uh, when we look at the stats, like, like just looking at the Nets, Karras averaged twenty five points, six point seven assists, uh, one point five steals. He shot forty eight percent from the field. If he's able to, like in the bubble, he shot twenty six percent from three, and he is below average as a three point shooter in general. If he's able to bring that up to like league average, there's no question that that he'd fit as the third star. I already think he can. You already but, know. You already know what I think about Karras. <laughs> I think he can. I mean, personally, I still have the same belief to me that Dinwiddie is more important because of the versatility on defense and everything. And well, Karras has boosted his his playmaking ability, so he he's proven something to me. As he had 14 assists today against the Raptors, which we'll get to, but I I do think this series coming up is like a trial for whether or not the Nets need to make a trade. Would you say that? Um, A trial as in, like, if Karras can be that third star or whether or not they need to trade for, like, Levine or Bradley Beal? Yes, because if, if he has absolutely – if he has a horrible playoff series, let's say, th- then you know Kyrie and KD might question his clutch when it matters, which they shouldn't, but you know how – they tend to over exaggerate things. So do you think for them it's a trial of if this team is good enough for them for next year? This I, series? I think that the entire season was a trial for them and like the bubble games were obviously a trial for them and like I think that Karras and the Nets performed as good as humanly possible considering they were severely, severely outgunned by a lot of teams and like COVID basically diminished their entire roster outside of Kyrie and KD. And so for them to be able to go positive in the bubble and not only go positive, but move up in the standings from the eighth seed to the seventh seed, I think that they showed enough in terms of Karras' individual growth. I think that he was extremely good in the bubble. Um, He showed his ability to play make. Uh, I saw this stat that was like uh, there were the people that got blitzed the most off pick and rolls. One were Damian Lillard. Second was Karis LeVert in the entire bubble. Like he was. Yeah, that's the thing. Him shooting almost 50 percent while knowing that he's the focal point of the entire offense is pretty impressive because he's never had to face that before where he's like the whole offense. And in the bubble that everyone knew it was all him. And, and he still was shooting at a 50% clip, so. And, like, in the playoffs, when you play the same team over and over and over and over, like, they're going to, like, Nick Nurse and the Raptors are going to game plan strictly for Karis LeVert, which he's never really had to face before. Like you said, like, him being the focal point of an offense for an entire series. Like, last year they had D'Lo, so it wasn't exactly the same. But now it's just him. 
And that's going to be obviously a test for him, but I don't think it's going to weigh super heavily into whether or not KD and Kyrie think that this team is ready for next year because I think they proved that already. But, yeah, like not only Karras, but Joe Harris, like I said, he dropped 20 in the bubble. He well, he averaged 20 in the bubble. He uh, shot 54% from three, shot 62% from the field. Jared Allen averaged 15.7 and 11 rebounds. He shot 67.3 from the field. TLC, he wasn't as good as, like, he wasn't the so, scrimmages, but he was still pretty good. TLC, he he had up and down games. He, like, started off with the seeding game super hot, then cooled down a little bit. But he ended up shooting over 50% from the field and 45 from three and 89.5 from the line. He missed a 50, 40, 90 bubble by 0.5% from the line. Averaged 14.8 points, four and a half rebounds. And he was probably the, the, the third or fourth most valuable player on the court at all times for the Nets. 100%. Um, even guys like Tyler Johnson and Garrett Temple stepped up. They averaged double digits. Jeremiah Martin, in only 13.9 minutes, managed to average 10.3 points. Like, I think the Nets did their thing, Like with, with all things considered, with if, their roster being diminished. If there are three players that, like, from, from the entire bubble play, you think have earned a spot on the roster next year that are not locks already, like, you, you can't use, like, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, people who you know would make the roster. Are there any, like, three players that you think definitely earned a spot? I definitely want to say TLC. I don't know if he, like, counts as a lock, but I definitely no, want to say. No, I, I, I was also going to say TLC as one of mine. So I would say TLC. I would say Tyler Johnson. And even though he hasn't played, I think Jamal Crawford. My two was TLC, Tyler Johnson, and then Chris Chioza. He he had not that plus minus is the most reliable stat, but he he also had the best record in the seven games he played. He was five and two. They were zero and one without him. But and he had a, the best plus minus on the court at four point zero per game. He averaged eight points in twenty two minutes a game, two point six rebounds, five assists, and about a steal. I think him playing as a third string guard, a burst if they need something past Dinwiddie and Lavert might be useful because he he definitely has shown burst scoring with his quickness and he's he's a great passer too. He was the he was probably the best passer on the Nets in the bubble until Karis Lavert started putting up the double digit assist games at the end. Not to say that they can't have both, but not to say that they can't have both, but would you rather have Chris Chioza or Jamal Crawford next season? See, it's like the only reason I'd say Chioza is because Crawford, yes, he's above 40 now and he got injured in his limited playing time. So that puts him at a disadvantage, but I, I mean, I think his locker room presence is amazing, but I think he got the leadership and everything that he needed to get out in these bubble games, and I think he'll serve a better role and purpose on another team next year, honestly. I feel like he's he, – I don't want to say a lock, but I feel like he's going to be on the next roster next season. I don't know. I mean, I think they can fit everyone that we've said. 
in all honesty. Oh, 100%. That's why I, like, prefaced the question with they can obviously fit both. And plus, like, Molly hasn't really played much. So them signing him, and I, I don't think that they were that they didn't know about his like health issues. So I think they signed him just to be like a leader in the locker room, like, and, and just carry, not carry the team, but like add to the team, his scoring ability off the bench to like compliment Spencer Dinwiddie, who will obviously be back with the team next season. And so I think that one, he'll be able to take some of the load off Dinwiddie handling the ball off the bench and also, but also be able to get his own buckets. Um, when we look at, like, the Nets as a team in their bubble, like, in, in their bubble, in the bubble, um, they, they were actually really, really, really good as a team. They were they had the seventh highest offensive rating of any team. Keep in mind, it's only 22 teams instead of 30, but the seventh highest of any team in the bubble. Uh, when it comes to defensive rating, eh, not so much. They were 18 of 22, but when it comes to net rating, they had the ninth highest net rating. Um, they ran a pretty fast-paced offense, eighth highest in pace. Um, they scored the six most points per game in the bubble. They shot really well from the field, had the ninth highest field goal percentage in the bubble, uh, mostly because of Joe Harris, had the 11th highest three-point percentage in the bubble. They played very, very, very well. Um and yeah, like the Nets as a team came into the bubble and did what they needed to do, which is extremely impressive and speaks a lot towards Jacques Vaughn as a coach, I think. But, well, since we're already talking about Jacques Vaughn, like I, there's been rumors about the Nets maybe shooting out an offer to Greg Popovich to try and so, steal him away from the Spurs. My question to you is if they, if they fail at getting... Popovich, like if they throw him that offer and he declines and whatever and says he wants to stay with the Spurs, do you think they get Jock Vaughn or do you think they keep like an intensive search for a veteran coach? I feel like if I was Jock Vaughn and and I was a key piece to the Nets performing, to the franchise performing as well as we have so far, and you shot out an offer to another coach, like I would take that as disrespect. Like that's a slap in the face. Like what, I mean, what more did I need I to do? Personally, if I was him and it's Popovich, I don't. There's not much more you can do, but you you know it's Greg Popovich. If they have the chance, they're going to get him. But I think he showed enough that he will get a spot somewhere else maybe. Yeah, no, I, I get that you wouldn't be disrespected just because of the caliber of coach that Greg Popovich is. But like me personally, if I do everything that I can, and the expectations for us were super, super low coming into the season, coming into the bubble. And now we're the seventh seed. Not only did we do well, but we outperformed our expectations. And you still go out and reach out to another coach. And not like Greg Popovich is willing to move on. Like, you're trying to pry him away from another team. I wouldn't take it as disrespect if he was just on the open market and you reached out to him. But no, you're going out of your way to try and steal him away from the Spurs. Because you don't feel like I'm good enough. So I feel like if they make that offer to pop, like there's no coming back. Like then you have to open an intensive coaching search. It's either keep Vaughn and rock with Vaughn or open the coaching search, shoot one out to pop, shoot one out to Mike D'Antoni if he moves on from the Rockets, shoot one out. Nah, I can't shoot one out to Tibbs because he's with the Knicks now. So there's that. But shoot one out to Mark Jackson if that's how you feel. <laughs> She went out to Van Gundy, but you know, like it, it has to be either one way or the other. And obviously, KD and Kyrie are going to weigh heavily into that decision. But 
if if Pop is willing to come, go ahead, get him. But if not, I don't know if it's worth it. You you know, like I I just don't think that that would be right to do to Jacques Ron. In other coaching news, not even coaching news, like we were just talking about like what we're going to talk about for the episode and Hunter brought this up about Kenny Atkinson. So the Pelicans obviously just recently fired coach Alvin Gentry and that leaves their spot, their their head coach spot vacant for now. As you know, Kenny Atkinson's specialty is uh, getting young players to get along with one another, create a good culture, grow as players. And uh, not to say that the Pelicans don't have an identity, but... I think there are definitely ways to strengthen their culture because and there was a lot have... of unrest about Zion not playing enough in himself. Lonzo Ball was not um, reaching his full potential in the bubble at all. We've seen a lot better from him before. And then the only one who's really been stepping up is Ingram. So if you bring in a coach who specializes with younger players, you could see all of them take that leap and then they're suddenly – a top four five team in the west yeah i think that the pelicans by far have the young core with the most potential of any team in the league and so kenny atkinson is good at cultivating that culture like you said and cultivating those young players building them up breaking down the parts of them that need to be built back up and knowing which parts those are and i think that that would be really really good for zion lonzo bi um Jackson Hayes, a lot. They have a lot of young guys, and even the veterans like JJ Redick. He he's built a a rapport that would have veteran players respect him. Like Drew Holiday would respect him. Derek Favors would respect him. JJ Redick missed the playoffs for the first time in his career. Like he's ready for a new coach, and that's probably why they fired Alvin Gentry because he couldn't get stuff done. But there you have it. I think Kenny Atkinson would be a great fit with the Pelicans. We'll we'll see what happens. If it does get called, if, if that is what happens, I'll give Hunter his props because uh, he's the first person I've seen make that connection. So there's that. We're about to dive in to our predictions and recap for the Raptors series. But before we do, let me just give you a quick rundown from our guys over at my bookie and we'll be right back. Say it with me now. Sports are back, baby. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind, and that is my bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it. Hunter loves it. And that is all you should need to know in order to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams. And with the start of the NBA bubble season officially beginning, there's never been a time to start playing with my my bookie it's easy you bet you win they pay feeling good about your mlb team's chances this year be sure to check out my bookies world series future bets nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun but why stop with baseball smart bettors are always looking towards the future and in this case that means basketball hockey and football my bookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and my bookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you have to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, HOOPBALL when signing up. They'll match your deposit 100%, so that means if you deposit... they'll give you a free $30 plus toss you a free $10 MLB future wager who doesn't love free money I know we do and uh, just remember at my bookie the terms are simple you bet you win they pay 
And we are back. Uh, it's been about an hour now since the Nets officially lost game one of the Eastern Conference first round playoff series versus the Raptors. Um, a lot happened. The The Raptors, honestly, the Nets didn't play bad. Let's put that out there. They played very, very, very well, especially on the offensive end. On the defensive end, like, things just got out of hand for the for the Nets. Like the Raptors were insane. And, and it was right off the bat, too. It's... From the start of the game, it was 10 to 2. The Raptors never looked back. Then I checked again, 62 to 33. Yeah, and th- at that's one point. When I turned the game on in the second <laughs> quarter, when it was 62 33. And I just watched the Nets chip away slowly until it can get to 10, until it got to 8, and then lose it back again. Yeah, the Raptors at one point led by 33. The Nets never led at all in this game. But like I said, they played very well offensively. They scored 110 points. However, the Raptors scored 134, which... So, what I could see was that the Raptors were running a lot of high pick and rolls, and the Nets were just not making the right reads. They were also getting a lot of open corner threes, but also the Raptors were making a lot of tough shots. Like, everyone outside of Lowry and Siakam shot 57% from the field tonight. And and then there's extra players like Chris Boucher, Thomas, and Rondé Hollis Jefferson who combined one for five. So take that out and the main rotation players shot about 60%. And the team as a whole shot 50% from three and 97% from the free throw line. They were shot 32 of 33. They missed their very first free throw and then made 32 straight. And (laughs) the only person who missed a free throw was Fred Van Vliet, who put on an absolute show and set records for the Raptors. And honestly, he is earning a paycheck with what he's doing in in the postseason. Between last year, then the whole season as a most improved player candidate, and then now he's having a 30-point, 11-assist game on 11-of-15 shooting, knocked down eight threes, and he led the Raptors in minutes. So, so like we said earlier, the bubble is going to lead to better shooting by teams and players just because of like the atmosphere, the no fans, just all of that combined. This is a perfect example. This might have been the Raptors' best playoff game in history. Like They broke franchise playoff records in points, three-pointers made, and like Hunter said, friend Van Vliet went ballistic. He was the first Raptor ever with 30 points and 10 assists in a playoff game. Like The Raptors broke multiple records this, yeah, this game. Yeah, they... It was their franchise record in points and three-pointers made in the playoffs. So all of these things that keep happening, just like Donovan Mitchell in the game against the Nuggets today had 57 points, which is the third highest ever in a playoff game, period. It was a career high for him. Jamal Murray also dropped a career high for him. And it's because I, I honestly believe that the lack of fans makes it seem like more of a pickup style basketball for them which is an easier form to play in yes it's still intensive and they're saying it competitively but it seems like there's less eyes on them less pressure so it's like easier for them to perform on top of the fact that it's actually easier to shoot yeah 100 percent um i love how you said yeah you said all that and i just said yeah <laughs> but but no like you're 100 percent right um when we look at the game itself uh the the raptors were just insane on the defensive end the, the nets 
didn't play a hundred percent horribly. Like I said, they gave up a lot of open threes. Um, I would I would say they did aside from the third quarter. They gave up thirty six plus in every quarter that was not the third. The Raptors are also making a lot of hard shots. So like I, I mean, they, yes, they were. I was looking at Fred VanVleet. He's hitting contested threes in people's face, and then there's Ananobi's and one dunk that TLC blocked into the basket. And, and so like they were knocking down tough shots, but I think the Nets just needed to tighten up on the guards a little bit more. And Nick Nurse and the Raptors came in with a very apparent, obvious, specific game plan. Like every other team that plays the Nets in the bubble, you blitz Karras off the pick and roll, make everyone else shoot it. And the Nets actually capitalized. Like Karras had, what, 14 assists, 15 assists? He had 15 points, 14 assists. Nope, 15.15 assists. Yeah, Karras had 15 assists, so the other Nets were capitalizing. We just couldn't lock up. Like, had we have played good defense, we would have been... We, we might have won the game. Like, Karras did very well off the blitz. He got it to the open man, and that's what you're going to see a lot. With any... Like, let's... Any team that plays the Nets uh, for the rest of the season. Now, obviously, if they make it past the playoffs, they'll play a different team. But for the rest of the series versus the Raptors, you're, that's what you're going to see from Nick Nurse. He's proved time and time again that he's willing to just sell out in one player. Do we remember the boxing one on Steph? Like, he's done it before. It, it, and and that's what the Raptors are going to do for the majority of the series. Um, when we look at the box score, Karras, we just said 15 and 15, 5 of 14 from the field. Um, he did have five turnovers, but obviously 15 assists. They come with the with, with handling the ball a lot. Joe Harris. Um, all of the Nets uh, starting five outside of Rodion's Kuruks. Well, let me phrase it like this. Every net that played 30 minutes was in double digits because uh, TLC basically took Rodion's spot because he fouled out. So, I mean, there's that. Um, TLC also had five fouls, but thank God. Thankfully, he didn't foul out. Uh, Joe Harris had 19 points, 8 of 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. Rody only had 6 points in 16 minutes. Uh, Garrett Temple dropped 12 on 5 of 15 shooting. He was 1 of 10 from 3, yeah. which is absolutely horrible. The threes for Temple and Tyler Johnson did not fall at all. They were combined 2 of 16. So if you take them two out, the Nets wound up shooting 42% from three. So aside from them, it was not awful. Uh, mainly the threes were carried by TLC and Joe Harris, who knocked down nine of the 13 that the Nets made. Yeah, TLC had 26 on nine of 13 shooting. He was six of nine from three. He had seven rebounds. He played very, very, very well. When we look at the Raptors, the Nets actually did a good job locking down their best players. Like Kyle Lowry only had 16. He was three of 14. Pascal Siakam, 18 points, four of 13. The problem is Fred Van Vliet went off. Serge Ibaka went off. Terrence Davis dropped 11 points in 12 minutes off the bench. So, like, they, they, I guess they came in and executed their game plan, but the other players that they didn't account for made them pay tonight. And so, when we look at someone like OG Ananobi, who played 34 minutes, he had 12 points, 4 of 8 shooting, 5 rebounds, had a plus 18, plus minus. Marc Gasol had 13 points in 20 minutes. Fred Van Vliet obviously was a monster, 11 of 15, 30 points, 11 assists. Serge Ibaka, 22 points in 25 minutes, 8 of 14 from the field. The, they, the Nets just weren't able to stop the Raptors' supporting cast, and that ended up 
biting them in the butt. Like as simple as that. Um, the the Nets shot forty six point seven percent from the field. Raptors shot forty seven point one, which was actually really close to each other. But where the difference comes is the Raptors shot fifty percent from beyond the arc. The Nets shot thirty one percent from beyond the arc. The Raptors took forty four threes. Nets took forty two. But the Raptors hit 22, the Nets hit 13. And then, as per usual, the free throws. Always, always the free throws. Um, the Raptors almost took double the Nets' uh, free throw attempts. They took 33. And the ones that the Nets took were not falling. I mean, a little bit. But 11 of 16 from the line, 68%. So, and turnovers were, were mainly all Karis Lover and Jared Allen. If they tighten up turnovers a little bit, free throws are not going to change. We can't expect that to change. They just don't make free throws. But if they can knock down better than 31% from three and tighten up turnovers a little bit, they might be able to make it a competitive series. Like they only got out rebounded by two. They ha- they only got out turnover it. I guess you'd say they only committed three more turnovers than the Raptors. Um, it was a close game. Like statistically but the Raptors just outshot them as simple as that they had a better game on the offensive end and that's what the Nets need to lock in on next time playing defense locking up their bet not only their best players but even their supporting cast as well um if Karras can continue to play well off the blitz then the Nets will be fine um as when it comes to our predictions for the rest of the series I just recently tweeted out my entire playoff bracket so if you want to look at that you can go follow me on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore had to plug real quick I have and uh if you happen to look at his bracket mine is the same except uh the Clippers make the finals over the Lakers and then the uh, the Clippers and Celtics go seven and I have the Clippers winning so, yeah, I have the Lakers versus the Celtics. Lakers win in six, I think. And the only other, like, crazy upset I have, I guess it's crazy upset. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't really consider it an upset. But it's I have the, the Thunder over the Rockets because Westbrook isn't really, like, we don't know his health status Whether is he right was now. playing or not, I think the Thunder are as good of a team as them. So that's probably going to be seven games regardless. So, yeah. So my official prediction for this series is I have – the Raptors winning in five. I think the Nets are going to take one. It might be the next game. Um, there's no home court advantage, so it's not like they're going to play in Brooklyn and take one of those games. So I think the Nets are going to take one, but I think they're ultimately going to end up losing in five, which even even that's a successful season in my book. Like The odds were 100% against us this season. KD, we knew KD wasn't playing. Kyrie got injured halfway through the year. COVID-19 decimated our entire roster, and we still took the reigning champs five games in the first round of the playoffs. Like, I, I think that's a win for the Nets. Coming into next season, we're going to be much, much, much better, and like we're going to have so much to build on. You will see the Nets on the top half of the East standings, the top half of the East playoffs, I should say, next season. 100%. Do you have them also? Like, is you still have you have the Nets losing at five? Yes. Yeah, um, who do you think is going to be like the biggest, like the like the big their biggest issue on defense? You think it's going to continue to be Van Vliet? Yes, because it's like I don't think Garrett Temple is quick enough to stay with him and if you put Karras with him, then Lowry's going to go off. So it's it's whatever guard you lean heavy on, the other one's going to do well. So it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a guard yeah, that the, continues the, to kill them. The Nets perimeter defense isn't really there right now. Like, obviously, that'll 
get better next season, but as of right now, it's not not, not at its uh, tip-top shape. So, yeah, guards are going to continue to kill them, but I do think that they'll take one off the Raptors. And, yeah, uh, I think that'll do it for this episode. Looking forward, I think the Nets play again. What's today? Today's Monday. I think they play again on Wednesday for Game 2. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say that they also lose that game. I said they win game three. Say they win game three and then the Raptors win the next two. So, um, heading into next game, we obviously just have to look out for, uh, guards and continue to play, uh, the blitz well of pick and rolls with Karis LeVert and just try and play better defense. Hopefully the Raptors don't have another historic game, but we'll see. Um, like I said, that'll do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Hootball Nets podcast. Make sure to give us a subscription on, uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. We are there. Leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes uh, because our views are getting read on the podcast and it does a world of good for our ratings on like the charts and everything so just do it for us really 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 quick takes you like 10 seconds but really does a lot for us um you can follow us on twitter at hoopball nets you can follow me and hunter individually i'm at Najee adams underscore hunters at hunter underscore jkr on twitter our, our twitters are in the description of the podcast so you can just go down there um shout out to my bookie shout out to manscaped and i know you're gonna be like you forgot to give me a letter so let me just do it now um uh yes, sir. p p Pascal, Spicy, P, <laughs> And with that, that's going to do it for this episode of the Hoop on Nets podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.